0: Welcome to another episode of the Decision Hour. I'm your host, Adam Bird. Thank you for being here. And uh, as always, I'm I'm excited. I'm coming back to you this week. Got a great, great uh, guest for you today. He's the principal at Global Capital Markets. It's a mid-market investment bank. That f- is focused on uh, merger and acquisitions, capital raising in both debt and equity, along with some uh, secondaries uh, and, a, and a slew of other things that we're going to get into uh, a little bit later. But more importantly, he is the founder and the t- uh, of a TV show called Silicon Valley Success. I'm always afraid I'm going to say that word wrong. Uh, <laughs> and the host of the podcast, the Silicon Valley Podcast. There it is again. Um He's passionate about building bridges and connecting people in the Silicon Valley. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Sean Flinch. How are you doing, buddy?
1: Adam, thank you for that intro. I'm amazed you got all that right. I was, I'm <laughs> I was,
0: I was more worried about how I pronounce certain words, if you know what I'm saying. So, <laughs> but uh, welcome to the show. I appreciate you coming on. Um, let's Let's dive right into it, man. Tell our listeners about yourself.
1: Okay. Uh, I'm not sure how far back you want me to go, uh, but my history, uh, mechanical engineer, undergrad, wanted to travel the world. After college, went abroad for about eight years, lived in Costa Rica two of those years, China almost five, Europe for a bit as well. Uh, when I was in China, I started three companies, two failed, one did okay, exited, partner bought me out, came back to the US, moved back to Silicon Valley because this is where I grew up. And I um, since then I mean I, I entered the startup ecosystem where I worked at a startup because no corporation would hire someone with, with my experience they all they all gave me the same yeah. same of hey you're <laughs> gonna get bored in a year and leave us yeah. so we're not gonna hire you and I was like but I need money so yeah.
0: <laughs> I got so, bills man I got bills
1: <laughs> I don't see the problem here people i don't I'll, I'll see what's going on we'll Why?
0: work for for food <laughs> you know it's like, yeah.
1: <laughs> and, uh, but no, no startups. I, I realized pretty quickly we'll hire anyone with a pulse. That's just like <laughs> nods their head. And I was like, yeah, I, I don't know what you're doing, but yeah, that sounds like a great idea, yeah. you know? <laughs>
0: uh-huh.
1: <laughs> and, and, um, so I had a buddy that started a company. He hired me that company, like most other startups, you know, after eight months, Ran out of ran out of capital. Yeah. Uh, we were finding product market fit that whole time, and what we thought would be a thirty day sales cycle turned out to be like a year sales cycle. So we had this amazing pipeline, you know, this <laughs> multi million dollar pipeline, and, and, and there was no way to fulfill it because we ran out of funds. Oh. <laughs> and, and, but but in that process, it was a good thing. I got to meet a bunch of angel investors in that time, and one of them was the founder of Bay Angels. And uh, I was at a pitch event and I was just talking to him and he's a world traveler. And and I was telling him, you know, about my, my times overseas. And we got along pretty well, pretty well. And I was just like, Hey, I got some extra time. If you need someone to, you know, deal screen for you guys, I'd love to help out. And uh, he's like, "Mm, okay. So I went to his office for an event. There's a couple of angel investors there. They're, they're vetting some companies and I was just sitting in on this meeting, listening to these guys that, you know, I mean, one guy in that meeting wrote a hundred thousand dollar check, and I was just like, I want to know what these guys know. Like, I, 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 I want to be, be friends that with that guy. Exactly. <laughs> Who totally blew me off too when I was like, <laughs> when I like asked him a question. I kid you not. At the end of that end of that day, I I was asking him a question. He just looks at his phone, turns his back to me, and just starts texting. I was like, oh, I will have my revenge on this guy one day. Oh. Of course, that's never happened. You know, he's still like this guy way up here and I'm down here. But uh, I learned a ton from him. I've I've actually stayed in contact with him over the years now, and he's actually taught me a ton. So, um, you know, cold shoulder at first, sweet, warm guy after you get to know him. But uh, no, no, I, I, I was started volunteering. Then after a while, I was the investment director. So I'd screen 100 companies a month, screen that down to about 20, get on calls with them. then bring in about 12 to 15 for the members. And then screen that down to six to present. And normally one would get a check, you know, each month. Uh, from that, I um, got recruited. I was doing deal flow rooms between the angel group and new incubators that were setting up because they had, you know, twenty years of connection in the valley. These new uh, facilities had new money but didn't have connections. And I got recruited. I was the head of incubation for a global accelerator uh, incubator that focused on artificial intelligence and blockchain. And uh, wow. when I was there, I see the look on your face. So cut me off anytime. No,
0: no, I'm that's like worried. I'm thinking like, wow, Inky, okay. So, I want to elaborate on that one because artificial intelligence is like the, it's quickly becoming. It's it's not like the next thing. It's like uh, listen, the shit's already here. Let's, oh, it's like, been around it's, three like three I- years. it's like I was like like yeah. I'm waiting for like the iRobot to come up and uh, excuse me, Mr. Bird. Like who the f- <laughs> 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 you know what I mean? Like, so, what type of artificial intelligence was it? Was it like web-based artificial intelligence, or was it like you're building like robots for like the military or something?
1: Good question. So, actually, this this incubator chain was backed by a Chinese land development company. Of course, it was. We, we stayed away from military. Of okay. course. <laughs> all right. <laughs> You know, I, I would even try to set up agreements with like, I, I remember one time I was in a meeting with Lawrence Livermore lab to try to set up a, a, a partnership and they're like, okay, let's do some background. And the money comes from where, uh, okay. This meeting was good. Right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> There's a huge conflict of interest with this one. Yes. <laughs> Wow, we got 15 minutes left
1: in this meeting. Right. How do we just, you know, there's a lot of silence. It's kind of awkward.
0: But, but I'm assuming stuff like that probably happens more often than not.
1: Well, remember when I was there? I started in you know 2017 before the trade war. Yeah. Right. So when I was there, there was a ton of investment coming in from mainland China into Silicon Valley. Uh, you know, whether it was governments opening up incubators, whether it was uh, investors wanting to make investments into startups here. So there's a ton of money flowing in. And then the trade war had happened and, and you know, in a short span, like firma and all these new laws, the money just dried up because they couldn't accept money from overseas investors. They couldn't get money over here. There, there's a lot. I mean, we were, we were bringing delegations every other month, like 10 companies to these cities in China to set up an office not to relocate, but to, to set up their, their, their China office. And all of that literally just stopped. And, and, and then, you know, and then a year or two year and a half later, COVID starts. So of course it's all travel stops. So it was like a two year kind of like, what is going on here? Cause it was this, this, you know, kind of a path going up of, of collaboration of, cause a lot of the engineers here in Silicon Valley, I mean, they're, they're Chinese citizens that came to university, Stanford, Berkeley, opened up a lot of startups. So there's a lot of synergy, a lot of, you know, Things happening where you have maybe founders here raising capital, but a, a engineer team over there, or you know building ro- what, whatever it is. There's a lot of cross border, but you know that that really stopped there for for quite some time. It's picking up a little bit now, but but yeah. So so I was at That's this crazy. incubator accelerate, and we can keep going in questions. <laughs> uh, while I was there, I was making a lot of intros to to venture capitalists, to angel groups, to investment banks, and um, you know when you make intros in investment banks you start them with that process of helping the company from seed to A, but then the VCs and bankers and all that go from, you know, A to public offerings. Right? right. Right. Or, or, and I'm just looking at that roadmap going, Oh man, that is, that is so cool what they're doing. Like, I hate this handoff. I want to be with them the whole time. Uh, so my buddies investment bank, they sponsored me. I got my series seven, 6, uh, 63 SIE seven I'm now uh, getting my 24 as well. Uh, I switched to another investment bank global capital markets a few months ago and um that, that's kind of my past so I've so, worked with companies from idea to you know public companies setting up facilities
0: let, let's I want to talk about it so for the listeners that don't know what exactly does that mean when you're you're saying investment bank a bank that you know a, a company goes that's looking for to raise some capital or get some capital or, or whatever the case is, some working capital, they go to the bank, apply for a loan or whatnot, and that bank invests in them if it's if they see that it's a good fit. Is that am I am I on point with that or am I off?
1: Uh, a little off. There's so many things that get fit under that umbrella of investment banker.
0: Educate us.
1: Right. So you got you know, you hear people on Wall Street, you know, trade and all that. That's, that's, you know, one investment banker. You have these other people managing, well, I mean, that's an advisor, but managing money. But most people think those are investment bankers. What what, what I do and what we do is, and, and, and it gets broken down into so many categories, but say you're you're a company. Okay. You want to go out and you want to raise $50 million, but you don't want to do it on your own. You know, you, you're a startup, you're a founder, you're busy, you know. You think, okay, this is going to take me six to nine months to do on my own. A couple hundred hours to get everything together. You know, I'm going to go to this investment bank. I'm going to have them run the process for me. They're going to go out there. They're going to contact, you know, private equity groups, family offices, sovereign wealth funds. They're going to put together because
0: they have the contacts to do that.
1: Exactly, because that's what they've done. Right. I mean, it's not it's not you for the first time going okay. I know five investors and hopefully one of them writes a yeah. check is no, hey these Bill, guys. Hey they- Bill,
0: how's it going? <laughs> I got something for you. Like, no. Okay. Okay. Next. <laughs> got it. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> I'm your dentist. Why are you? <laughs> <laughs> and-
1: <laughs> you know, it's that, okay, this bank, they have a Rolodex of, you know, several thousand investors that they know specifically focus on what your company's doing. So, you know, maybe you you are that agriculture technology company, that ag tech company. They, they, they taught, you know, they have 4,000 investors. They know that invest checks between one and 5 million because you want that $10 million check and you want like three or four investors in it. Or maybe you want just one person to write a $10 million check. Well, they know the investors that write $10 million checks because that's in their investment thesis. Right. And they're sitting there talking to them, negotiating the deals, negotiate, you know, helping with, with the conversations, moving them along. They're running the whole process from you know creating the the you know blind profile, which would be like a one pager to the executive summary to the confidential information memorandum, which is like a 60-page document, to right. the data room, to the list of people reaching. They're doing everything for you. And then they get a percentage of the success. And normally on that path, they get a retainer as well, just to keep the lights on. So, so, so that and and those you know, mergers acquisitions raising capital restructuring debt there's so many things that they can do
0: got it so now let me ask you this is for an investment question for like these um you know there's there's venture capitalists there's angel donors and then you the straight investors or whatnot when when these investment banks are going after um the capital uh, out of their rolodex as you put it right are are they offering is is it always like an equity share in the company Or is it they have X amount of years to pay off X amount of dollars with a percentage on top of that off of the profits? Or how does that or or does it matter how it it can be structured really any way just based on the agreement that the parties come up with?
1: Exactly. It could be structured several different ways. It could be debt. It could be equity. It could be, you know, convertible debt that goes from debt to to equity. There could be a lot of different ways. And that's another reason why bankers are valuable because they'll look at the market and they'll go, okay, right now debt is this, you know, percentage you'd have to pay at interest, equity, you know, there, there's more money flowing in here that they need to deploy there. Let's have a conversation where we can structure it. So it's the best for your company for not only today, but next year, five years from now, because one thing that a lot of startups have have problems with, and, and maybe for your audience, we should talk more about angel investors and VCs. Well, I was just going to ask bankers. that
0: next. Yeah cuz you need to
1: oh there it's 9 days so an investment banker won't work with that early stage company they they're too small i mean they're raising half a million the fees for the investment bank will be a half a million the, the, it, you know it, it doesn't make sense they need to be raising you know 10 million 20 million right. for it to make sense for them to work with an investment bank and and people might think oh my god that sounds so expensive but if you actually look at the whole process how many people are involved and and, and the time frame of it you actually break it down. And you're like, oh, okay, that that, that makes That's sense. That's several why it is that,
0: hundred hours, yeah. sometimes thousands of hours put it together over a, a. And it's not like, okay, you got one or two people working on this. No, you got a team of of probably a dozen, exactly. a dozen people making phone and, calls and making deals and going back and forth.
1: And it's success based, right? So, like 85% of the money, 90% of the money comes after it's closed. So, you may work with a company six, nine months and there's no close. And you're like, well, we tried, and they're like, ah, well, we closed, and then every <laughs> but-, <laughs> but, but what I'm saying is there's that a risk on both sides that right. maybe all work does doesn't happen. Right. Um, I mean, just look at last year with COVID. How many people were walk running a process in this direction and then that hit and they're like we can't do anything now. Now your company is not as valuable because all your contracts aren't being fulfilled. Right. Investors are scared because you don't have these contracts, and now we just have to wait for things to cool down. So, you know, a lot, lot can happen in that. So,
0: but the, you see investors, but I'm thinking angel investors, and then you have venture capitalists. So you have the your VCs, right? So the angel explain angel investors t- to us because I've heard angel investors are like usually the people with like what we call stupid money like they have and they have like I need a tax write off so I'm just going to throw some money this direction and hope that it works if not then I can write that off kind of and then you have venture capitalists that are like I'm looking at investing in this because I see the potential that it has stick with it for a few years sell it do a buy it whatever. Or, or or what is there is there a difference how, or how big is the difference between the two?
1: Huge difference, huge difference. Okay, uh, which which do you want to so start? Let's, with? So let's let's start is with like the, the let, angels.
0: Let's start with the angels. It's so like okay. how, how how does it like when when somebody hears angel investor like what is it what do they what does that mean exactly?
1: So an angel investor is just an individual that's a high net normally a high net worth individual. You know he's got you know a million dollars in liquid. You know he's able to write checks for something he's interested in. Right. And normally they write checks in a field or profession that they have a background in. So a doctor might be interested in med tech, or um, I don't know, a, a guy that worked at uh, building routers or servers might be interested in this type of hardware, you know. But, but they normally specialize in something that they know about, but they'll write a check sometimes even before the company has a valuation. You know, they might say, okay, I'm, I'm going to write you a check for 50,000 today. We'll figure out what your company is worth three years from now when you do your first price round or that. And, and it's more that there's not really too much for them to do due diligence on. I mean, basically, the companies are normally in early stage where you know the founders, you have an idea of what they're working on, and they might have an, a minimal viable product, you know that very beginning sample. They might not have sales or maybe they have like a beta test client or something like that, like super early, right?
0: Big risk. Yeah, just more more of a risk.
1: Big risk, huge reward. Okay. Right. I, I mean, they're coming in, maybe the company is valued at three million dollars and they, they write a check and get you know five percent of the company. And then the VC comes in when the company's worth, you know, 20 million and the check sizes are completely different. And, you know, as an individual, you can write a check for whoever you want. You don't have an exit date either. Like I can write you a check and, you know, I'm like, Hey Adam, um, well, you know, pay me back on your exit, whether you get acquired or go public, you know, whatever, uh, here's the money. I'm going to make some intros for you from my network. And, uh, but I got all this other stuff I got to do. So, you know, call me up when you have questions and I'll, I'll keep helping you out. Okay. Now, now you go to the VC. Now the VC has an investment thesis. Where they raise money from outside, you know, institutions, um, sovereign wealth, uh, pension funds, wherever, and they say, "Hey, I'm going to invest in companies. My check size is going to be, for example, uh, one to three million. I'm going to deploy this capital over two years. I'm going to invest in companies that are focused on uh, med tech that." The CEO is, or office is based in Silicon Valley and this geographic, like it's all laid out for them. Right. And, and, and companies come to them like, Hey, I want money. And they go, okay, let me check, make sure that you're part that I can cause of my investment thesis. All right. If I write a check for a million, I need to get at least this much percentage in your company. And, um, you know, it goes from there, but they have an exit, like their fund ends at like seven years right? where before that they have to harvest, you know, they have to sell what they have. The company has to have, an exit. I, they're, the whole time they're pushing, pushing, pushing. And, you know, they're looking at the market because, you know, they have to raise their next fund to get paid. And, and, and you know, it's not like a, a, an individual where it's, you know, I'm a person, I wrote you a check. I like this money back sometime, but, you know, they're... <laughs> There's not that, that, that hard stop. Yeah, word. This would the be BC really cool
0: is. if you could pay me back like sooner than later. Okay. Can I right. get more money right. than right. I gave you? And add another seven to 10% on that when you do it. Right.
1: Exactly. I, We're good.
0: We're good. <laughs> well, so <let> me, <laughs> I'm learning a lot here, folks. So I hope you guys are, are taking, taking notes. Um, Sean, I want, one of the other questions I got, we get a lot of listeners that start their own business and whatnot. And, and I recently told you offline prior to starting the show that I've I literally in the last four days, I've talked to people that are looking at, they're, they're all startups and they're looking for investors. What is, what is a, a company that's just starting, literally just starting out the gates and they're wanting to approach investors to invest? what 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 do they need? Where does their mindset need to be? And what do they need to be preparing for when meeting these investors?
1: Okay, so first they need to have that plan like pre going out to investors, during going out to investors, and then after conversations the conversation start. And what I mean by that is a lot of startups miss the opportunity to build momentum. So if you're building out your idea right now, start posting on social media, start reaching out to your network. Hey, this is what I'm doing. Hmm. Because who knows, someone in your network might go, Hey, I like that idea. I believe in Adam. You know, I've known him for years now. I'm gonna, I'm gonna write him a small check. Like, I, I see what he's doing. Maybe I know some intros. I can make intros to him. Maybe those first clients or whatever. But use the opportunity right at the beginning while you're still building it to reach out to everyone you know. Let them know what you're doing, and, and then sometimes you know that results in people saying, "Hey, I can help you with this. I can help you with that." And then that might actually either delay the amount of money you need. Maybe you don't even need money at that point because you're getting these customers that are actually paying for the product to be built and, and grown or, or, you know, that extra marketing on, on that behalf. But, you know, mention what you're doing into people. And then also, sorry, I'm just rambling. No, Go no, you're your good, network, this is perfect. Because a lot of people don't realize how extensive their networks actually are. And what I mean by that is, you know, I had a meeting with two founders of a company, one was an MIT graduate, one was a Stanford graduate. And they're like, hey, Sean, we need intros to angels. I was like, you got to be kidding me, right? They're like, what do you mean? I'm like, dude, MIT, Stanford, you guys probably have the biggest angel alumni networks ever. Just go to, go to your alumni group right. and go, hey, where's the angel group that's associated with my university? Could you please make a warm intro? Hey, how many, you know, these are the companies that are the target for our product once it's built is there a graduate from our university that went to any of these schools? Okay, let me reach out and say, hey, you're a Stanford grad. I'm a Stanford genius. grad. You know, genius. I mean, between the angel group, between between the alumni that you can reach out to and then secondary connections and that, you're probably pretty well set. And then just from that, once you're in one angel group or have that network, most of these people connect, you know, like, for example, one angel group that, I was the investment director of, we had association with 13 other angel groups. So if we liked a deal, we would send it to them. And if they liked it, they would send it to us. Yeah, Right. Same thing. Once you have that warm intro, that angel investor, and he likes you, he's going to start introducing you to his network and it just snowballs after that. As long as you're, you know, coachable, they like you and you take their feedback. But I mean, if you just write out this game plan of, okay, this week I'm going to reach out to my network in this area. and, And also, what people don't know is if someone has a VP title, they could probably write you a check. Right. Right. Like they're at that level, a doctor, a VP, a, I mean, the list goes on. Of these are people that could write you a check for your company, they're at that, you know, financial level and you probably know them
0: (laughs) or if not, but but here's the thing you have to ask, you got to go out. The biggest thing here is you have to ask. And it's so funny that you're talking about, Hey, you need to reach out and tell people what you're doing. And, And, I'm I'll start talking about it and, and this is, I'm using myself as an example because I got several other companies and it's like I'm just keeping my head to the ground and I'm, I'm just I'm grinding, I'm grinding, I'm grinding. and if I need the money, then I'll I'll try to put something together. But the other thing I want to back up to because you, you said something important is like you have that plan putting everything in place. How much of a, your business plan do you have to have written out uh, when you start off?
1: So my idea with that plan right there was more your your marketing, your traction, your again, your exposure plan. Okay. But no, you're you're right. For your business, I'm not sure who here has actually gone through like the lean canvas model where you just have that that map and yep. you're like, okay, we got the customer, we got you know the the revenue stream, we have that, and just map it out. It's super simple. You could watch a video online. I mean, if you have that and then start pitching that idea, you're gonna get a lot of feedback and your idea is gonna change. Yeah. like that's that's the craziest part is you'll see founders for six months just pitching kind of a modified idea over and over again. So, so um, I mean, at the very beginning, we'd mentioned my my podcast, the Silicon Valley podcast. Yep. I interviewed Elsna, who's the founder of Roby. She went to 200 VC meetings, 200. No, 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 no. And then got a $4.2 million check.
0: That's a great example. And yeah. I like the segue because it segues into our, our next topic. I want to talk a little bit now about your TV show and the podcast, how did you get into your background and what you do, and then how did you wake up one morning and was just like, I'm going to start a podcast. I'm going to do a TV show. Like, this is what I'm going to do. Like, how did it walk us through that process? Because I always find it fascinating how people are like, well, I was sitting back and having a few, and I thought we'd do a podcast, you know? (laughs) It, it it was about similar to that.
1: I guess. I love it, love it. So so actually, I had tried a couple times to do just like overseas blogs when I was in China, and everything got blocked, of course. Right. So <laughs> so so I came back to you know Silicon Valley 2013 after being overseas for so long. Right. And I realized like I was like I have no social media connections. Like, how do I get, you know, interviews for jobs? Cause people I say, reach out to your network. And then I had to go back and try to find buddies from college that I hadn't talked to in like eight years because, you know, Facebook was blocked for five of those years and this right. other, you know, and, and I realized the power of social media then and, and connections. So, so I did try to do a, a, a podcast didn't that didn't work. And then, you know, a few years later, I had this idea again, going, you know, let me revisit what I tried to do like five years ago that failed. Let, let me redo it now, because I was having the same conversations over and over again. So I would get startups from you know Europe setting up an office in Silicon Valley, China, wherever, and they would ask the same questions like, hey, I need intros to lawyers. Hey, uh, how do I modify my pitch deck for the m- local market here? How do I, you know, get intros to angels? All, all these things. How do I do evaluation for my company? And I would you know, make intros to, Oh, talk to this guy. Oh, talk to this person, talk to this person. They'll help you. And after a while I just went, you know, I just want to record these the t- conversations I have with these service providers, these experts, and then just refer people to them. You know, instead, instead of, you know, Sean, how do I set up a sales channel for my startup? You know, talk, talk, you know, go, 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 watch this episode 13 yeah. right here. Talk to that guy. Talk, talk to guy. that guy yeah. and make sure he gives me a referral fee. Go, go, go. <laughs>
0: It's twenty percent, by the way. No, uh,
1: we, we only take cash here. Right, right.
0: Right.
1: Bitcoin works as well, yeah, right. but 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 no. The um, so so I, I started doing some interviews with with some people that I'd been working with, and and it caught on. We ended up doing about forty six episodes total. In in that time, mm. uh, I, I had contacts with this one podcast platform that they wanted to do a, a podcast on Silicon Valley, and I was like, hey, I got this. TV show that's now in twenty eight cities here in the U.S. Uh, I want to do something global. Let me let me modify it. Let me put it on your platform. They like the idea. Uh, it started off really good. The first person I interviewed was Melody Perkins, co-founder of Canva. Oh, so that's it's it's a good start, right? So,
0: <laughs> like you sit in the bar, effing high. On <laughs> it's like, who's your first show? Just, just a co-founder. Yeah, uh, that's a like, no big deal. No big deal. Yeah.
1: Oh, oh, oh! My favorite is anytime time I meet anyone from Australia. I'm like, Australia. I know someone from Australia. Hey, there's this selfie of me taking the screen on Zoom. Do you know that person <laughs> in it? I think she's like a. Like I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It's the only person in Australia I really know. So. We,
0: <laughs> we get Christmas cards from you know to each other and stuff like that. But no big deal. No big oh, deal. Yeah. <laughs> it might be sent by her marketer and her name.
1: I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm not going to double check it, okay? In my mind, it's, it's it was actually a funny story there. <laughs> so so, Jim McKelvey, co-founder of Square, I got to interview him. Oh, a- and, and you know, I was like re- emailing him back and forth. And <laughs> and in the interview, he's like, yeah, Sean, I don't do any of my social media. I always have people taking care of it, you know, like emails, Twitter, everything. I'm like, I- I've been talking to you. Wait, oh. Yeah, yeah. So I've talked so, to your assistant this whole nice. time. Okay, cool.
0: Thanks. <laughs> <Yeah>. Self-esteem <laughs> rapidly dropping.
1: <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to edit this out of this interview and make it seem like <laughs> the best buddies. Right? Right? But um no, the podcast ha- has turned out to be an amazing way to get in front of people, get meetings with people, you know, maybe it you know in the past would have been, you know, kind of outside outside of my league to get that hour or 2 hours of their time. Right. And just sit down one on one. I mean, I'm not sure if you, your listeners, have gotten a chance to listen to the podcast, but I mean, some of the people I've interviewed, you know, Patrick Lee, founder of Ron Tomatoes, um, Scott Curran's founder of Juniper Networks. I mean, the the list goes on and on of these Silicon a, Valley that's a, that's
0: elites. A, yeah, that's a very big big group. And and folks, real quick, I'm going to plug this real quick. It's the Silicon Valley podcast. You can hear it anywhere you listen to, like there's a slew of places where you can listen to podcasts now. Go on Apple, Google, Spotify, all the places. Unless is there is there a website? Let's do you have a website where people can go to?
1: I do have a website, but currently it's being rebranded. So okay. if they want to go to the Silicon Valley podcast.com, you can. In the next two months, we're getting a new website, Silicon Valley live. I'm getting a studio built out in Los Gatos. There's going to be a lot of changes that are oh. going to happen in the next two months. We're, we're taking it up a notch. It's going to be pretty incredible. And I mean, the list of people we are already have lined up to be guests is kind of the, the who, hoo in different sectors. Um, nice. Yeah. It's going to be, yeah, Adam, I'm, you're going to have to stop by when you're I'm in Silicon Valley next time, you're yeah. going to have to come to the studio. Well, he,
0: <laughs> I may have to make a special trip out there just to, just to see it. Um, listen, brother, Sean, are Sean coming up on time, but there's so many other things that we could go over. So I'm gonna to have to bring you back on for, for a second episode, but, there's a question that I ask all my guests. You're on the show called The Decision Hour. We make decisions every day. Clearly, you've shared a lot of those today. Um, name a time in your life where your feet were on the line and you had to make that decision. What was that decision? And what was the atmosphere like for you at that time?
1: Oh, man. I, it kind of seems like that happens all the time. Yeah. You know, my, my wife's right over there, so there's <laughs> one
0: decision. And he's smiling right now, folks. Like, I wish like, I wish we could see him right now. He's, like, he's smiling. He's like, he literally pointed like my wife's right over there. So I'll use a, another example here.
1: Uh, <laughs> no, that was best decision. The best decision. Um, the,
0: the, the, and that's a great answer right there. Great. <laughs> great, great answer. I feel the same way. As mine standing right over there too, so, and now giving me the eyebrow. Uh, yeah, don't worry. Yeah, that happens
1: every day. That that's how you know there's love. And uh, oh my, god. the subtle look of disappointment.
0: Oh my god, man, I love it. I absolutely love it.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I, Some of the biggest decisions for me were, you know. Go to China? Don't go to China. Go to Costa Rica? Don't go to Costa Rica. Major this? Don't major in this. Um, you know, I, I I'd say every year there's one major de- decision that I'm like, okay, this pivots my life this way or pivots my life that way. And you know, you always look back and you go, okay, what happens if I never did this or never did that? You right. look at your buddies and you're like, okay, he's there. Would I have preferred to have been there where I am at now or I don't know. I'd I'd say I'd say the biggest thing. Can't even tell you how many decisions. I mean, just this investment banking thing for
0: me—that
1: right. that that—that's that, a huge decision because it's eat what you kill, right. right? Like you're out there, you're looking for your leads, you're looking to close the deals. You're—it's not a a steady paycheck, but you could make you can make amazing cash or or just have that heartache where you know you're going a year or two with nothing. But it's exciting. You learn a ton, and um,
0: but you love what you do. Yes, it's I love the challenge. I love the challenge. It was definitely the right decision.
1: Yeah. Oh, the biggest decision for me was, you know, take that offer from Adam and be on the podcast. I mean, this moment is probably the biggest life changing (laughs) pivot of my life. Like where Uh, do I go from here? And it's
0: getting thick here now, folks. And that's all the time that we have. Uh, No, (laughs) checks in the mail, Sean. Thank you. Um, uh, I'll edit that part out. <clears throat> um, no, no, but listen, man. Um, for for people that are that are listening for the listeners right now, how do they get in touch with you? Maybe maybe it, whether it's for listening to the podcast or they want to get involved. At, um, you know, it's or, or maybe they have some questions or whatnot for How can people reach out to you? Where can they find you?
1: Yeah, if you have any questions about an investment banking or just want to reach out to me, my email is sf at globalcapitalmarkets.com. So that's plural, SF, at globalcapitalmarkets.com. All my social media is Sean, S-H-A-W-N, F-L-Y-N-N, S-V. So Sean Flynn, S-V. LinkedIn, I'm most active there. I'm starting to get in, involved in Clubhouse. I have a little group there, uh, Silicon Valley Startups, which I'm gonna ask Adam to host an event there uh, whenever he, he has time. And since he can't edit this in post, I'm sure he's gonna say yes. So um, hopefully, you know, you'll see us all, all there. Check, check it out. And um, yeah, no, seriously though, reach out to me if you have any questions on angel invest in VC, any of that stuff, I'd love to help.
0: Sean, appreciate your time today, brother. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Folks, that's all the time that we have today. Uh, We're going to have Sean's information up on our social media platforms, as well as the website. Uh, And before we let you go, don't forget, check out our parent network, Heroes Media Group. Go check out all the shows, articles, and new shenanigans that we're doing over there. Simply go to www.heroesmediagroup.com. Until next time, you've been listening to The Decision Hour.